Autolite and its 98,000 dealers present... Suspense. Tonight, Autolite presents a special program for this holiday season. The unusual dramatization of Twas the Night Before Christmas, starring Miss Greer Garson, who appears by arrangement with MGM, producers of the new color picture, Knights of the Round Table, in Cinemascope, starring Robert Taylor, Ava Gardner, and Mel Ferrer. Good evening, this is Harlow Wilcox speaking for Autolite. Tonight, as a special Christmas presentation from the worldwide Autolite family, we bring you Miss Greer Garson in a story about a certain little girl on a certain Christmas Eve. And now, Autolite presents transcribed, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas," hoping once again to keep you in suspense. Come on, wake up. <laughs> wake up, Kathy. It's the day before Christmas. Oh, and there's so oh, much Miss to Miss it's light out already. You said you were going to wake me really early today so we could go to the airport and meet them. Come on, up you get. Let's get you dressed. Buffy, they're going to be waiting for me and you didn't wake me. I know what, they're home already. Kathy. Mommy! Daddy, where are you? Daddy! Mommy! Buffy, they're not in their bedroom. Where are they? Kathy. I know. I'll bet they're in the kitchen already having their coffee. Mom! Miss Buff, they're not home. I know, honey. The clock in the kitchen said 8.30. Kathy, here, put this on, dear. You told me you wanted to wear this dress today. So that's why I ironed it for you. Miss Buff. Yes, dear? Why aren't they here? Oh, they'll be here. But when I talked to Mommy on the telephone yesterday, she said she would be here at 6 this morning. And I promised her I'd meet her at the airport, her and Daddy. I know, I know. And Daddy said he had a surprise he was bringing for me all the way from Paris. It's 8.30, Buffy. Let's go out to the airport now. Oh, but there's so many things to do. First, you've got to get your breakfast, and we have to finish decorating the tree. And, uh, oh, there's so many things I want you to help oh, me with. Oh, everything can wait, Buffy. Hurry, I promised to meet them. Uh, no, dear. Why not, Buff? Well, I think we'll we'll wait for them here. Kathy? Yes? You remember what you promised your mommy and dad? That you'd do everything I asked you while they were away? Yes. Then, uh... We we'll wait for them here. Hmm? All right, Buffy. It's noon, Buffy. I know. Don't you think they might have called and told us they'd be late? Oh, I'll go and make our lunch. You must be very hungry. No, I'm not. Oh, you didn't eat your breakfast, Kathy. Miss Buff, I'm not hungry. Look. 
Oh, look, it's snowing, honey. We'll have a nice warm lunch, and then we'll go out for a long walk. Hmm? You should have called. I tell you what, Kathy. We'll take our walk first. We'll see the shops. We'll visit. We'll go and see Johnny and your aunt and uncle. Maybe if it snows hard enough, we can all build a snowman. Wouldn't you like that? Yes, that would be fun. <laughs> well, go and get your coat and hat and galoshes, dear. All right. And when, when we come back, Mommy and Daddy will be home. Well, you go and get your things now. Oh, I'll get it. I'll get it, Buffy. Mommy. Oh, who's this, Daddy? You sound... All from a newspaper. I see. It's a man, Buff. He says he wants to talk to an older person. Here. Hello? Yes, this is the Harper residence. I'm the housekeeper. I... Well, just a moment, please. Uh, Kathy. Who is it? Someone wants to talk to me, honey. Will you go get your things? No. Who are you talking to, Buffy? Never mind, dear. Go and get your things. No. No, I won't. Hello? Uh, I, I see. Yes. Yes, I saw the papers. Uh, yes, yes, that was the daughter. Yes, the only child. No, she doesn't. No. No, no, I wish you wouldn't. Please, don't hear. No. Who was it? Oh, just a man, honey. It was from the newspapers. Why? What did he want? Nothing. He asked about me, didn't he? Why? Honestly, honey, it was nothing. It was about Mommy and Daddy. Oh, it wasn't anything important. Well... Yes, dear? I don't know. Look at that snow coming down, Kathy. Hmm. Get your things, dear. Go on. They sing beautifully, Kathy. Very lovely. The street and all the decorations and the singers. It's very lovely, Miss Buck. Honey, here, give this to the man. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Missy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let's go home now. In a little while, don't you remember? We were going visiting, too. Mommy and Daddy are probably home right now, waiting for me, wondering where I am. And we'll build a snowman together, like I said. Come on, honey. I remember when I was a little girl how excited I'd get. Oh, all the wonderful things to see, the sights and the smells and, and the sounds. Pretty shop windows and the snow. To be a little girl at Christmas time. To be young at Christmas time. And happy and... What's the matter, Buffy? Oh, Kathy. Buffy. Let me hold you. Oh, Kathy, darling. Buffy, you're crying. I'm just silly, I guess. I look, there's Santa Claus watching us. Let's say hello to him. You were crying. Hello, Santa. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas, little girl. Merry Christmas. Well, you're a pretty little girl. What's your name? Kathy. Oh, that's a nice name for a nice little girl like you. 
Thank you. And I can tell you've been a good little girl. I saw the way your mommy was holding you. She's Miss Buff. My mommy's away. Daddy, too. We're taking a walk to make them come home. Oh, and where are they? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kathy, come in, darling. And Miss Buff. How are you? Come in, come in. Mother, mother, guess who's here? Why, Kathy and Miss Buff. Hello, Aunt. Hello, Mrs. Cleveland. Take your things off. We've got a big fire in the living room. And wait till you see our Christmas tree, Kathy. I'm sure it's very beautiful. I'll bet Kathy came to see her cousin Johnny, didn't she? Yes, I did, Uncle Ted. I would like to see him very much. Do you know what that boy of mine did, Miss Buff? No. He found the train. Oh, he did? After I took so much trouble to hide them out in the garage, he found them. So, of course, I had to set them up for him. Well, it's the day before Christmas. He's uh, in his room now, Kathy. Yes, I would like to play with the train. Of course you would. Johnny! I can't come now, Daddy. I'm busy. Kathy's here. Hey, come on up and play with my trains, Kathy. You ought to see. I got them all hitched up now. Go on, Kathy. All right. I've been on the phone since seven this morning, Miss Buff, and there just isn't any word at all about the plane. Look, look, look! A man from the newspaper called the house. I told him to stay away. Did the child know? <laughs> I, I think she does. What did you tell her? Nothing. How do you tell a child, Mrs. Cleveland? Look at it go! What I can't understand is why no word at all. The plane took off from Paris on time, and there was radio contact over Ireland, from what I could find out. But since then, nothing. You'd better tell her, John. Tell me what? Well, there was a storm oh. over the ocean. Pretty bad storm. They said... Miss Buff. Yes, darling? I just figured out something. It's about Mommy and Daddy. Oh, Kathy. They're not coming home. They're not ever coming home. Autolite is bringing you Miss Greer Garson with Anne Whitfield as Kathy... In Twas the Night Before Christmas, tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. This is Harlow Wilcox again with a message from Mr. Royce G. Martin, president and chairman of the Electric Autolite Company. It is presented in the name of the Autolite family which includes some 30,000 Autolite men and women and their families, 18,000 people who have invested a portion of their savings in Autolite, as well as 98,000 dealers, and 
the greatest names in the industry who use Autolite products as original equipment. This is the message from Mr. Martin. In our America, we are especially blessed this Christmas with a free country. We are surrounded with freedom-loving people who appreciate the word Christmas. We are grateful for what this day means to all of us and for what it meant to our great forefathers. We will never forget the one whose holy birthday we are about to celebrate. We thank him for the word freedom and the happiness that he has given us. We of the Autolite family wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas and a new year filled with health and happiness. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Miss Greer Garson in Elliot Lewis's production of Twas the Night Before Christmas. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. going to be good to get inside of the house, Kathy. Oh, look at you. You look almost like the snowman you and Johnny built. Here, let me brush you off a bit before we go inside. There's a man there. What'd you say, darling? Right there, standing by the door. A man. Hello. Good evening, miss. Hello, little girl. Is this your house? Yes, I live here. Who are you? What do you want? Oh, then you'd be the Harper's little girl, wouldn't you? Yes? I asked you, who are you? Now, don't worry about it, ma'am. I just want to take a picture of the little girl. You want your picture taken, little girl? Bobby. You're the reporter I talked to this morning, aren't you? And uh, we'll want one of you, too, ma'am. Here, get in the house, Kathy. Don't stand there, dear. Get in the house. I'll be in in a moment. It's Christmas Eve, Mr. Reporter. Did you know that? Oh, now, look, ma'am. I've it's got Christmas to... Eve. Where's your heart? Oh, look, you've got to understand. I talked to you on the phone. It was almost ten hours ago, before noon. It's nighttime already. There still isn't any word about the plane. I represent a newspaper, ma'am. We've got to assume... Well, you know, I don't want to say it any more than you do. Oh, just go away. Oh, now, really, I've got to... Were you, were you ever lonely on Christmas Eve? Alone in a house that's empty? While outside, other people were singing... When there was warmth and love and joy, but outside, I'm just trying to. Christmas do my... Eve, the snow is falling. Christmas Eve, and the child is is grieving. Yeah, I'm sorry. Good night. Kathy. I'm in the living room, Buffy. I, I just had a wonderful thought. Yes? Let's have a secret. What, Buffy? Let's not wait till tomorrow. What do you mean? We go to our tree and open some of our presents now. Maybe just one. Hmm? We'll choose the one with the most beautiful wrapping. You can open it and you can play with it now while I go and fix something for you to eat. I'm not hungry, Buff. Honestly, I'm oh, not. Oh, just some milk and cookies, honey. You haven't oh, eaten some. I... Well... Well, let's choose. Go ahead, pick one. All right. That one. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's from Mr. and Mrs. Anderson next door. 
Open it. You open it, Buffy. Very well. Oh, look. Very nice. A carousel. Well, I wind it for you. And we'll put it down here. Now. Oh, that's sweet. You watch it. When it runs down, you can wind it up again. I'm going into the kitchen. Cookies are on the table. Kathy? Are you in your room, Kathy? Kathy? Kathy, honey? Miss Buff. Mr. Anderson, is Kathy here? Well, I know. Who is... Uh... Uh, would you mind asking Mrs. Anderson if Kathy's here? Maybe she came in through the back way. Well, Mrs. Anderson and I have been sitting in the living room for the last hour. Well, what's the matter, Miss Buff? Kathy ran out of the house. Oh, poor child. I can imagine how she must well, feel. I thought she might have come over here next door. She just ran out of the house. I don't know where she is. Oh, a child like that and what's <laughs> happened to her today. Now, wait. I'll get my coat, Miss Buff. I'll come with you. Paul, have you seen Kathy? Sure. Well, where is she? I don't know. Where is she, Paul? Where did she go? How am I supposed to know where she went? But you saw her, didn't you? Sure. She was running down the block. I yelled at her to come on over, but she kept running. Uh, which way, Paul? Down there, I guess. Where the stores are. Uh, thank you. Sure. Merry Christmas, Mr. Anderson. Merry Christmas, Miss Buff. Hey, watch. <laughs> She hasn't been in my store, Miss Buff, and I, I'm i the only one on the block who's open. Last-minute Christmas rush, you know. Thank you, Mr. Ruxton. Say, now, that kid and what happened to that plane today, I'd sure let the police know she was missing. I think he's right, Miss Buff. Call them, please. Call them. Oh, uh, use this phone, Mr. Anderson. Oh, thank you. Uh, hello, operator. Uh, give me the police. Oh, hello, police. I want to report a little girl who's missing. Uh-huh. Kathy Harper. Well, she's got blonde hair and blue eyes. And... Oh, wait a second. I'll find out. No, you just go in the house, Miss Buff. I'm sure they'll find her. It's ten o'clock. They've been looking for three hours. Oh, they have ways. They'll find her. We waited in that station house. All the policemen who phoned in. 
None of them. Well, you just go in the house. Now, I'll send Mrs. Anderson over. No, no, really. I'd, I'd rather you wouldn't. Well. Good night, Mr. Anderson, and thank you. Patrolman Reed, ma'am. Have you found Kathy? Yes, ma'am. Where is she? You better come with me, ma'am. Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring. Not even the mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their bed, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Way to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw open the sash. 
The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer with a little old driver. So lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his courses they came. And he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen. To the tops of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. Kathy, baby. Oh. Hey, hey, it's Christmas. We don't cry on Christmas. I thought... Oh, baby. Baby. Hey, how about a big hug for me? Oh, Daddy. Ah, that's my girl. Where's Miss Buff? I was in bed. She was reading to me. In bed's the place for you. Come on, I'll carry you. Buff! It's Mommy! I know, darling, I know. Hello, Buffy. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Buff. We had to make an emergency landing in Newfoundland. Small field communications were shot that storm. Yes, yes. Let's not talk about it anymore now. Buffy was reading me a wonderful thing about the night before Christmas. Here. I'll put you in bed, Kathy. There. There you are. Read it to us, Buffy. Hmm? To all of us. Oh, well, I um, lost my place. I... Read it, Buffy. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the courses they flew with a sleigh full of toys. And St. Nicholas, too. And then in a twinkle, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. I drew in my head and was turning around. Down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back and looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled. His dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings and turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle and away they all flew like the down on a thistle. But I heard him exclaim 
as he drove out of sight. Happy Christmas to all. And to all, a good night. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Miss Greer Garson in a dramatization of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Tonight's production in Autolite's Suspense. Miss Garson will return in just a moment. Next week on Suspense, our star will be Mr. James Mason, who as Lord Essex plots to capture Elizabeth's throne. It's called The Queen's Ring. Suspense is transcribed and directed by Elliot Lewis, with music composed by Lucian Morrowick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. Chorus was under the direction of Roger Wagner. Twas the Night Before Christmas was written for Suspense by Morton Fine and David Friedkin. In tonight's story, Anne Whitfield was heard as Kathy. Featured in the cast were Harry Bartell, Irene Tedrow, Mary Lansing, Charles Calvert, Howard McNear, Herb Butterfield, Johnny McGovern, Sidney Miller, Joseph Kearns, and John Ramsey Hill. And here once again is our lovely star, Miss Garson. Harlow, thank you very much. And thank you, Anne Whitfield. While I have these few moments, may I join the Autolite family in sending holiday greetings to our friends everywhere. Merry Christmas, Harlow. Merry Christmas, Greer. Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a good night. This is the CBS Radio Network. Autolite and its 96,000 dealers present Suspense. Tonight, Autolite brings you Christmas for Carol, a suspense play starring Mr. Dennis Day. Hey, Hap. Well, hello, Sandy. What? Why, it's Wilcox. Now, what are you doing in that costume, Harlow? Going to a Christmas party, Hap. Oh, what's in the sack? Why, a load of merry motoring. In this box, I've got smoother performance, you see? Ignition-engineered Autolite spark plugs. Sure, and when you replace worn-out spark plugs with these new Bantam beauties, your car will perform smoother than Santa skidding down a slippery chimney. And what's in this box, Arlo? Fast starts, Hap. Well, these are ignition-engineered Autolite spark plugs, too. You bet. They're unmatched for quick starts because they're designed by the same Autolite engineers who designed the coil, distributor, and all the other important parts of the complete ignition system for many leading makes of our finest cars. That's why ignition-engineered Autolite spark plugs work as a team with your car's ignition system. And that's why they're world-famous for quality and dependability. And I suppose you're giving gas savings in the third box, eh, Harlow? You guessed it, Hap. So, friends, have your Autolite spark plug dealer replace worn-out spark plugs with ignition-engineered Autolite spark plugs. Choose either the standard or resistor type. And remember, you're always right with Autolite. And now, with Christmas for Carol and the performance of Dennis Day, Autolite hopes once again to keep you in... Suspense!
It was dark and silent. The window in the house glinted a little from the Christmas tree lights. Rocky didn't move. He just stood there in the alley, but I wanted to run. Fast, get away and put it behind me. Just a second. We got the money, Rocky. What are we hanging around for? Come on, let's get out of here. I said we wait for the old couple to get back. What for? Why take chances now? We got some money. How do we know it's all of it? Maybe they split it and put it in two places. We'll wait here and watch for them when they come in. They'll tip it. It was 8000 That's what he withdrew. You asked for this, kid. Now do as you're told. We wait. <laughs> I couldn't help being scared. This was my first job, my first and last. I just wanted that money. I wanted it fast and short, and I wanted to run away from it and forget it. For one shot. That's why I got hold of Rocky Perea. Lucky. I had to be lucky just this once. For Carol, not for me. It was for Carol. Nothing else I cared about, see? It didn't seem possible now that three days ago I hadn't known Rocky, hadn't needed him. What is it, Doctor? How about the baby? Your wife must remain in bed. Serious? No, not serious, but she's got to stay flat on her back. A, a nurse. You should have a nurse with her all the time. Oh, but it's two months away, Doctor. Well, it's just a question of keeping her relaxed and quiet, not letting her do any work around the house, lift things, or even walk. Okay. Okay, Doctor. And she'll be all right? Uh, there's one other thing. Uh, she was quite worried when I told her about the nurse. I, I got the feeling she's well afraid to have the baby. Afraid? Not for herself. I can't put my finger on it, but it's having a detrimental effect on her condition. And it... I, I know what it is, Doctor. Money. Oh, I see. Well, it might not be easy finding a nurse only four days till Christmas. I'll get one, Doctor. Thanks. I'll call you this evening. Yeah. Thanks again, Doctor. Sweetheart, it'll be all right. I'm going to get the nurse to take care of you. I'll be able to get up and around in a day or two. Not if you want that, son. The doc said everything will be all right if you take it easy. And you're going to take it easy. But a nurse... Look, I've got to get back to the bank. I'm only on my lunch hour, sweetheart. I'll make a few calls from there, and tonight we'll pick out the nurse. How... How much do they charge? What's the difference? How much, Paul? It's a lot of money, I know. Fifty, sixty a week. We'll make out all right now. There's nothing to worry about. Oh, Paul was going to be a happy Christmas now. Yeah, a happy Christmas in this dump. It's funny, Paul. Fifty dollars a week for a nurse for another two months. It's funny. You make forty-eight fifty at the bank. We'll have to pay the nurse more money than you earn. Yeah, more money than I earn. You know how it is being a bank teller? Feeling, seeing, handling money taking in money, paying it out. When I went back to work, I was seeing it for the first time with something more than a detached feeling, thinking, I need this money, I need this money, I need this money. How I need this money for Carol and the baby. It was almost three o'clock when Eddie the bookie came in. I fall. Ah, good day yesterday. And big action in a few days. Santa need opens. Yeah. People like to throw their money away. They throw it? I catch it. Eddie, could I see you later? You ready to make a deal? I want to talk to you. What time are you through? Five o'clock. Meet you outside at five o'clock. Eddie Garth, bookie. He quit school in the seventh grade. I held out and went through college. And all these years, he's tried to get me to go in with him. To run his office, do the bookwork. He was waiting for me when I finished work. We went to a coffee shop and sat down. 
And all around us, the loudspeakers reminding me what a happy Christmas it was. Hush, Carol, Paul. Not so good, Eddie. That's, that's what I want to talk to you about. Nah, no more loans, Paul. You need money? Come with me. Don't you ever give up. What's so good at the bank? Twenty-five bucks for a Christmas bonus? Look, Eddie... Come in with me, now. Which Santa need opening? I can work the outside, get no accounts... Eddie... And I'll give you ten percent of those accounts, Paul. But I won't lend you the money. I'd be a sucker to lend it to you. I'll give it to you if you come in, but I won't lend you anymore. Okay, Eddie. Forget it. I'll get it some other way. I don't get it. What's wrong with my deal? Look, Eddie, how many times have you been rousted by the vice squad? Plenty. Well, and every time to... they book you and they fingerprint you and take your picture. So what? They never have anything on me. It's on your record, Eddie. As long as you live. Ah, sure, I need money. Maybe I'm getting close to the time when I'm not too choosy about the way I get it. But it won't be your way. What? What are you talking about? If I ever break the law, it's going to be with the right guy and it's going to be the right job. Are you dreaming, Paul? You'll still be in that cage ten years from now. I'd hit and run. One job with enough out of it to make it worthwhile. That's the way to be, Eddie. A one shot. There is no such thing, Paul. You do something like that, you're stuck in it. And you're worse off than if you came with me. Think about it, Paul. Go home then and fix dinner for Carol. All the time thinking of the money and Carol and the baby and debts. The worry eating at me and thinking about what I'd said to Eddie. Then the next morning, old man Forbes made a withdrawal. The first he'd ever made. Hiya, son. What? Oh, hello, Mr. Forbes. I'm going to miss you, son. Seems like we're good friends after all these years. Miss me? <laughs> Take a look at the slip. Mm, that's a lot of money. Twelve years hard work. That's what that money means. But you're taking it all out? Yeah, and I quit my job today. Quit your job. Ada and me, we've been waiting a long time for this Christmas. We're moving out of the city. Oh? And we've had our eye on a little farm. Now we can buy it. You've got the papers drawn up. Then you're you're leaving right away? About a week. But Ada don't know yet. I'm going to surprise her. Kind of a Christmas present. But it's not safe to keep so much cash on you, especially oh, I've if... got a perfect place to hide it, son. No one would think to look there. Besides, I figure I've worked too hard and too long to lose it now. Oh, no, son. It wouldn't happen. Wouldn't seem right, son. stayed with me and it grew, like a wheel spinning, gaining momentum. This could be the right job. $8,000, enough for that single shot. It stayed with me, all the time growing, growing. Lunch is on me, Paul, if you change your mind. No, I called you, Eddie, because I, I need your help. What kind of help? Well, you can arrange for me to talk to someone. Maybe. Who is it? Rocky Perea. Rocky Perea? Are you kidding? You picked yourself the right guy, all right. The cops don't even know what he looks like. They never mugged him or printed him. Yes, Eddie, that's right. You're crazy, I tell you. A million people want to talk to Rocky Perea, including the cops. No. No, Paul, I can't touch it. You can, Eddie, if you want to do bad enough. Please, Eddie. All right. I'll see what I can do. Maybe I do know someone. And, Eddie, it's got to be soon. You know you'll be taking a chance. It better be good. It is, Eddie. Good enough to take the chance for. That was two days ago. And this morning, Eddie came through. A certain friend, Rocky's only outside contact, told him to keep an eye on a house on Hoover Street. 
And he gave me all the dope, what Rocky looked like, how he'd act, what to expect. And early this evening, I told, told Carol I was going out for a while, that I'd, I'd borrow the money from Eddie, and that we wouldn't have to worry about paying it back for a while. That's what I told her, but that wasn't the answer. The answer was at the house on Hoover with Rocky Perea. I waited there, hidden in the dark corner behind the incinerator. I kept thinking, making excuses. It wasn't up to me anymore. There wasn't any other choice. I needed money, desperately. I needed help to get the money. I waited more than an hour. And then I heard footsteps come up the alley. He stopped before the open patch of light. Just like Eddie told me. He was careful. Very careful. Making sure no one was staking him. I took a deep breath and hitched my weight forward. I was going to cut across the open for the back door. I remember thinking, now, do it for Carol. For the rotten, miserable Christmas. Do it now. Rocky! <laughs> Rose for a split second, and almost faster than I could see, he ducked into a shadow and spun around. The streetlight didn't touch him. It glinted on something metallic in his hand, and even from where I was standing, I could see he had a gun pointed at me. Autolite is bringing you Mr. Dennis Day in Christmas for Carol. Tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Say, uh, Hap, are you going to the in-laws for Christmas? Yes, Harlow. Oh, it's rough. No, they're okay. Oh, I mean rough trip, unless you've replaced worn-out spark plugs with ignition-engineered Autolite spark plugs. They give your car a sensationally smooth performance. I've heard of them, Harlow. Well, then you must know that they're designed by the same Autolite engineers who design complete ignition systems, used as original factory equipment on many leading makes of our finest cars. That's why ignition-engineered Autolite spark plugs work perfectly with your car's complete ignition system. The folks really treat us right. You mean the Autolite spark plug dealers, eh, Hap? Well, they'll replace worn-out spark plugs with ignition-engineered Autolite spark plugs for smoother performance, quick starts, gas savings. After we visit them, we always find... Find what, Hap? That you're always right with Autolite, Harlow. Now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Mr. Dennis Day in Elliot Lewis's production of Christmas for Carol, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Rocky, don't shoot. The good thing I'd said it. His gun was aiming front and center. He crouched there looking at me, his eyes flat and hard, then his voice deep and tight and deadly. Who are you? I'm not a cop, Rocky. Come close. I can see you better. Sure, Rocky. I just want to talk to you. You call me Rocky. You been talking to anyone? I've been watching you. I know you're Rocky Perea. You've been watching me? What for? You're wanted, Rocky, and you need money. Who are you? Where'd you come from? Well, that doesn't matter, Rocky. This is a business deal. I figured it out very carefully. You need money, well, so do I. And I got a way to get it. Just like that, eh? And, Rocky, I'm not staying. This is a one-shot deal. A one-shot? There's no such thing. That's the way it's got to be. We do this job together and we're through. We never see each other again. 
I sure ain't going to go looking for you. But you won't quit. Not if it comes off easy. I'll quit, Rocky. What's in this for me? Half. Four thousand dollars. Well, kids, you ain't dumb by any means, staking me out like this. Almost smart enough to be a copper. You got guts, too. Tell me you got a family. There's uh, no one to stop me. I have a job that doesn't pay enough. This will raise my salary. You want this one haul, then it's back to your job, eh? Yeah. Is it a deal? What's the job? I have a car. I'll tell you on the way. If you go for it, okay. If not, we forget the whole thing. Okay, kid. I'll listen to it. Let's go driving. I told him what I'd planned and why I needed him. And he agreed to come with me. We drove to the Forbes' house. It was a small and old house. Just big enough for the two of them. I drove down to the corner and parked and we started back. Lucky there's no one on the street. Let's go up the alley. Yeah, Rocky. There's the back door. Look, no lights. They're not home. That makes it a cinch. Okay, go on, take it. It's your baby. Rocky, I'll have to break a window. Yeah. You want me to hold your hand? I'll wrap my jacket around my fist. That'll keep the noise down. Why don't you write me a book? Okay, okay, I'm going. I was lucky. The side of the house was hidden from the street by a big tree. There was light to see was from the Christmas tree in the living room. I wrapped the jacket around my knuckles and with a short, sharp jab broke through the window. It sounded like a cannon. The street being so quiet before, I was scared it would rouse the whole neighborhood. But like I said, I was lucky. I scrambled up the sill and dropped into the living room. I was pretty clumsy. I pulled out drawers, looked behind pictures, under cushions. I went in the kitchen and poked around the cabinets. I looked in the cookie jar and I found a rolled up wad of bills. money, all right, but only $40. The old lady's secret treasure. I put it back and went into the living room again. Looking around, nervous, I stumbled on the Christmas tree and knocked it over. And then I remembered what the old man had said. A Christmas present for his wife. And I knew it was somewhere on that tree. There were Christmas stockings and favors and little red boots in and around the tinsel and the lighted bulbs. And I found the $8,000 hidden deep in one of the stockings. Got it, Rocky. Let me see it. It's there, Rocky. It's all there. Yeah, eight grand. I guess I'll hold it. Come on, let's go. Take it easy. We're going to stick around for a while. Stick around? What for? Well, we got some money. How do we know it's all of it? Maybe they split it and put it in two places. We'll wait here and watch when they come in. They'll tip it. It was 8000 That's what he withdrew. You ask for this, kid. Now do as you're told. We wait. I couldn't help being scared. My first job... My first and last. A one-shot. I wanted to get away fast, run and put it behind me. But Rocky just stood there, like he didn't have a worry in the world. <laughs> Listen, kid. They're ringing for us. They're wishing us a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Wait. There they are. They're unlocking the door. You know, Harvey, the Christmas services were so beautiful. Sure were. This year in particular. Harvey, huh? look, the tree. Someone's been in here. A burglar. Burglar? Oh, my cookie jar. I've got my house money hidden there. The old lady ran to the kitchen, but Forbes knew where to look, and he knew it was gone. Rocky was grinning. His face lit up like floodlights. Let's go, Rocky. We've seen enough. No, no, hold on a minute. 
It's all here, Harvey. I wonder what he was after. Ada, it's gone. All the money. All what money? $8,000. I took it all out of the bank. Ada, I, I, I quit my job. It was going to be a surprise. No. Every penny we had in the world. Oh, Harvey. All that money. Oh, no, no, no. It'll be all right, Ada. Oh, 12 years you've worked so we could have something. Well, I can keep on working, Ada. I'll, I'll do it all over again. Oh, you can't work anymore. The doctor. Oh, what's a person to believe? You work so hard and we do without things for 12 long years. And for what? In one minute, some good-for-nothing hoodlum takes it all away from us. looked at Rocky standing there next to me, his face split by that grin. It was funny to him, something to laugh about, to gloat over. That's why he'd stayed. Suddenly I knew I couldn't go through with it. Me, the guy who needed the money so bad, the guy with the bright one-shot idea. Quite a show, eh, kid? Come on, let's go. He moved off a few steps, but I just stood there, knowing what I was going to do. Come on, I said, let's go. Knowing what I was going to do. No! No, Rocky, we're not going. Huh? I said we're not going, and neither is the money. What's that? Don't, Rocky. I've got a gun, too. And what's got into you? I'm going to give that money back, Rocky. I I can't stomach this. Give it back. You're crazy. No, Rocky. I just didn't see deep enough. Old people like this. This was your idea. I ain't responsible for it. I know, Rocky, but I can make it right. Suppose I don't give you the money. Then I'll kill you, Rocky. Okay, kid. You got the gun. He gave me the money, all the hate showing in his eyes. I turned and started for the house. I gave him my back for a target, but he didn't use it. I knocked on the door. Yes, who? Paul, from the bank. I, uh, I just had a fight with a guy, Mr. Forbes. Saw him jump from your window. I chased after him. Our window? You saw him? Yes, ma'am. I was walking past. I kind of figured he'd just finished robbing you. But did you catch him? Well, I couldn't hold on to him. He, uh, he broke away, but not before I got this. Why, Harvey, the money. Yes. Paul, bless you. Oh, forget it. I'm only sorry I couldn't hold him. Uh, you, you say you fought with this burglar? Yes, um, he broke away we, before... We want to thank you, Paul. Forget it. I'll... I'll be going now. Oh, wait, Paul. We want to give you a reward. Oh, no. No, I don't want a reward. I'll... I'll have to be going. I stopped there on the porch for a minute, afraid to go back to Rocky. Suddenly, terribly afraid of what he'd do to me. The old couple was still talking, loud, like old people do. Yes, it, it, it all happened so fast. I'll always wonder about that boy. What made him bring the money back? He's honest, Ada. I, I know him from the bank. Oh, fiddlesticks, Harvey. He didn't fight with anyone. What do you mean, Ada? Well, his clothes, by the whole story he told us. Your young friend took the money in the first place. I, uh, I, Ada, I, I believe you're right. Of course I'm right. Now, what on earth made him change his mind like that? It's Christmas, Ada. Merry Christmas. She'd known. The old lady had known all along. And it didn't make any difference. She'd offered, even offered to give me a reward. 
Suddenly I felt something strange, like, like being clean inside, like being able to see something that wasn't there before. And the tightness, the fear eased a little. Now, let's go, kid. The car. Rocky. You did what you wanted. You just forgot that half of that money was mine. Now move. Get it moving. What was it you said? You need me, Rocky. You're hot. Rocky, uh, I made a mistake. I want to team up with you, Rocky. You need money. I got away. I was wrong. Maybe the next job you won't get soft in the head. There's not going to be a next one, Rocky. I'm through. Through? You think I spent Christmas Eve with you because I like you? I'm out four grand. I'm kid. sorry, Rocky, but there's not going to be a next time. You think so, huh? Stop the car. All right. But I'll never see it different, Rocky. I found out tonight. It's not these old people, then it's someone else taking it just as hard. Are you sure? You sure it's not Christmas doing this? I'm sure. It's not for me, Rocky. Huh. You know, I'm kind of glad it turned out this way. You what? Well, you're through, aren't you? You're going back to your job. Yeah, Rocky, sure. Good. And I figured it right. What? I didn't think you'd go through with it. Say, wait a minute. Yeah? You're not Rocky Perea. <laughs> I said you were a smart kid. But the way you acted, so careful, sneaking in the alley and... Say, who are you? Weissman's the name. Police Lieutenant Richard Weissman, gangster squad. You're a cop? But where's Rocky? We picked him up this afternoon, kid. He had a couple of guys working with him, and I thought maybe you were one of them. Now I know different. A cop? I don't expect I'll run into you again, kid. So take care of yourself. And uh, Merry Christmas. Lucky. All the breaks. But I was no better off than this morning. There was still money, two months paying the nurse. There was still the worry for Carol. Oh, Mr. Shane, we've been expecting you. Congratulations. Doctor, what's the matter? Why? <laughs> Nothing's wrong. Quite the contrary. Your wife just had a baby. Baby? Carol? Oh, she's perfectly all right. So is your daughter. Carol. Oh, Carol, darling. Are you all right? Hello, sweetheart. I'm fine. Carol, is... is... We won't have to borrow the money now, Paul. It's turned out for the best after all. Oh, darling. And it always will, my dear. We have so much, you and I. We have each other. And now we've got a daughter. A fine, healthy little girl... The rest will come, Paul. Let's live the day we have. Your little girl's over there, Paul. Tell her we're very, very happy she's in the family. And wish her a Merry Christmas. In fear. 
Presented by Autolite. Tonight's star, Mr. Dennis Day. Santa visits girls and boys after they've been good. But Autolite keeps cars and trucks performing as they should. (laughs) Right you are, Hap. Because Autolite makes more than 400 products for cars, trucks, planes, and boats in 28 plants coast to coast. These include complete electrical systems used as original equipment on many leading makes of America's finest cars. Electric windshield wipers, starting motors, voltage regulators, coils, distributors, wire and cable generators. All engineered to fit together perfectly, work together perfectly because they're a perfect team. So, friends, don't accept electrical parts supposed to be as good. Ask for and insist on original factory parts at your neighborhood service station, car dealer, garage, or repair shop. And because all Autolite parts are original factory parts, you can be sure you're right. Because you're always right with Autolite. Next week on Suspense, Mr. Cornell Wilde, a star of A Ring for Maria. And in weeks to come, you will hear such famous stars as Mickey Rooney, Ginger Rogers, Eve Arden, and Ezio Pinza all appearing in tales well calculated to keep you in suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with music composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Bluskin. Christmas for Carol was written for suspense by David Friedman. Dennis Day appears through arrangement with Colgate Palmolive Feet Company and may be heard on his own program, A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. And remember, next week on Suspense, Mr. Cornell Wilde in A Ring for Maria. This is Harlow Wilcox again. On behalf of Autolite, its 96,000 dealers, and the cast of Suspense, I extend to all of our listeners best wishes for a Merry Christmas. Good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.